greatest symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. Silver tongue out there now. Champion, 
Macho Man Savage. Got a point. That's wrong. I'm not protecting anyone. That's wrong, huh? Well, ever since Macho Man Savage, the so-called world champ, has become the world champ, I notice, I understand that you have a big 35-room mansion in Beverly Hills. Ooh. You have a big 200-foot yacht down in Florida, and you ride around in a brand-new Rolls-Royce limousine. Now, I want to know, is he giving you a percentage of his contract? Is there some kind of contract between you going What you accusation? Hey, honey used to right drive now. the Chevy Chevette. He's got a point. He has no point at all, obviously. Well, then you're going to tell me that there's no contract between you and Macho Man Savage? No. Tony's been above reproach for years, and you know that. And why Brother did you Law, question me by making me a rap? Sometimes my head is a little thick, and it finally dawned on me what's going on. It has nothing to do with Randy Macho Man Savage. It has nothing to do with him whatsoever. I finally figured out what it's all about. It's that Elizabeth, isn't it? It's that Elizabeth. She's doing favors for you, huh? Oh, my goodness. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are to speak to me in that fashion? What is he something. doing? Can you believe this? Let me this? tell you something, you spineless, two-legged. Rat, nobody. I don't care if you are the president of the WWF. I don't care if you're the president of the Teamsters Union. I couldn't care if you're the president of the United States or the Queen of England. Nobody, but nobody puts their hands on bad news. And if you do it again, I'll beat all the ugliness off you. My dad's going to pay for that. I'm sure something will be done about this incident. Who's going to do it, Tommy? Probably. Hello and welcome to the Hogan Era Podcast. I'm your host, JP, a John Paz from the Two-Man Power Trip, of course. And this is part of the Two-Man Power Trip of Wrestling's podcasting feed. Here, part of the Two-Man Power Trip of Wrestling's podcasting empire. This week on the Hogan Era Podcast, we're going to be talking about a very special character, a very special man and that is none other than bad news brown this is one of those kind of intermediate feuds for the hulkster and to be honest with macho man randy savage when he was world champion as well so it's one of those things where they do have a msg match of course they do have a, a big match at uh, east rutherford in new jersey and they have the big match on saturday night's main event so it's not one of those pay-per-view feuds or anything like that it's one of the more smaller feuds but it is a great bridge feud it is a great connector feud it's one of those things we're hoping feuding with a few different guys all at once and it's pretty damn cool that bad news ended up being one of the guys that he's feuding with i know hulk knew bad news for a while and he really liked bad news and obviously somebody wwf vince uh pat batterson uh, whoever must really like him too because he was booked really really strong he does not have many losses on TV. Most of his losses are on the house show, obviously, 
there you go. It's a house show. It's not televised. It's a live event. Uh, most of his uh, losses that are on TV are against Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage, the two top guys in the company. So that's not really bad losses right there. So it's just funny to think like, okay, Bad News Brown. Oh, he wasn't the main eventer. Yeah, but he was kind of treated like one. He kind of booked like one. He really was a phenomenal just gimmick, phenomenal talent. Obviously, he was a little bit older by the time he got to WWF. He had a lot of injuries, a lot of knee injuries, a lot of a little bit of a bad back. You know, he had his difficulties and his problems, but still, man, what a character and what a gimmick. Love bad news. Legit tough guy, too. So he's one of those guys you don't want to mess with. Has a legit judo background. He was a bronze medalist in the Olympics in judo. So he does have that legit ass kicker mentality to him if, if you wanted to shoot. He could shoot, but he was definitely a buddy of Hulk's and Hulk definitely enjoyed working with him. And it just seemed like they wanted to keep him strong, whether it be on the Survivor Series teams. Remember, he would hardly ever lose. He would always kind of walk out on his team. He'd be that loner where you couldn't really trust him. You didn't really know kind of where he was coming from or what he was doing or really it's like, okay, we can't trust trust this guy at all. He's probably going to walk out on us. Yep. He just walked out on us. It was just seemed like it was coming. It was so cool. It was so different because here's a heel who's looking strong most of the time, like 90% of the time they're having this guy look really, really strong. So I just thought that was really cool and really unique. Definitely a different way to book a guy. And it was just so cool because Survivor Series, okay, this guy's losing, DiBiase's losing, Honky Tonk's losing, everybody's losing Survivor Series, but not necessarily bad news. He would just walk out on his team. He had enough, whether they ran into him by accident, they didn't tag him in when he wanted to be tagged in. He always kind of had an excuse where he's like, you know what, screw this, I'm out of here, and he'd walk out on the team. Very cool, very loner-ish. If you were kind of saying, you know, maybe it happened 10 years later, you can almost say, he was a Steve Austin-esque character, almost like the original Steve Austin. The black tights, the being a loner, the bald head, the facial hair. He just, you know, he had that original Steve Austin, Stone Cold vibe to him for sure. And I always kind of thought that about him, you know, obviously after the fact and after we saw Austin, I was like, wow, Austin is being a very much like Bad News Brown, where he's being a loner, doesn't trust anybody, doesn't like anybody. It was, it was almost very, very reminiscent of, of the same type of character i just really enjoyed that i thought that was great i thought that was cool and it was different because you have this heel character who everybody hates he's absolutely just despised by the fans but he never kind of well i guess eventually really but he hardly ever gets this kind of comeuppance it's almost like he always finds a way to skirt out of there he almost finds always a way to kind of escape it's just one of those things where I don't know. Somebody must have really loved him and loved that character because they kept him very, very strong. So in 1979, 121 79, in the old WWWF at Notre Dame Hall in New York City, Alan Coge defeats Mike Hall. So that's bad news, Alan, if you will. Bad news, Brown. That's his first match in the WWF all the way back in 1979. That was, of course, the WWWF. And he would have a bunch of wins throughout the year Johnny Rods, Tony Altamore. Frank Williams, I mean, he, uh, S.T. Jones, Dominic Danucci. He had quite a, a good winning streak in 1979 in, in the WWF. Um, you know, really, the WWF for Vince McMahon Sr. He would um, be in a part of a $5,000 18-man battle royal, which was won by Andre the Giant down in White Plains. He'd have a bunch of other matches to kind of end his 1979 in the WWF. 
before heading over to New Japan Pro Wrestling, where he would then meet his buddy, the Immortal Hulkster, Hulk Hogan. In 1985-24-1980, a part of the Madison Square Garden series over in Japan, Strong Kobayashi and Tatsumi Fujinami defeated Bad News Allen and Hulk Hogan in a tag match. Then, of course, they've had a couple other tag matches with Hogan and Bad News throughout 1980. Then, of course, they had a best two out of three falls match in a six-man. Suguchi, Anoki, and Kobayashi defeat Bad News Allen, Hulk Hogan, and Stan Hansen. And then really kind of as you're going through the years, 1982 will come along and Abdul the Butcher and Bad News Allen fought Hogan and Sakaguchi to a double countout. So just giving you a little bit of brief background of their history in New Japan Pro Wrestling and kind of where they ended up first meeting. So once we get all through that, technically speaking, Bad News Brown makes a brief appearances in 84 and one technical appearance for the WF in 85 was really a part of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Him and King Kong Bundy were actually a tag team for that. So then we go back, or excuse me, go forward to 1988-15-1988. Bad News Brown makes his re-debut on WWF Superstars from Huntsville, Alabama. Bad News Brown defeats Brady Boone in about 1 minute 35 seconds. Just a really interesting thing is, okay, he was Alan Coge. He's Bad News Allen. Now he's back and he's Bad News Brown. New gimmick. I think that just kind of rolled off the tongue easier. I think Vince liked it that way. Um, one of those things where, you know, I don't really have a problem with it. Sometimes I know people are like, ah, changing his name. He's Bad News Allen. Why is it Bad News Brown? I kind of like that. It, that kind of just, I don't know, rolled off the tongue. It just sounded better. Bad News Brown. It just sounded great. I absolutely loved it. Um, when he kind of makes his re-debut here, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, this is a different guy. This is a different character. This is somebody we're not necessarily used to before, but we know he's somebody. And man, does he have just an awesome kind of just presence about him. Just absolutely loved him in, in this reincarnation and this run in 88. He's just so cool. So he's basically going to go on a big time winning streak. I know he's going to have some house show matches and lose by DQ to guys like Warrior and Coco, but he's never going to really get a pinfall loss, which is great. I know Junkyard Dog's going to beat him by DQ, but when it actually comes to like TV matches and superstars and stuff, I mean, they keep him very strong. He's always winning. He's always kind of keeping that character very, very strong. Whether, you know, he'll have a draw with Bret Hart at a bunch of house shows or time limit draw with Bret at an MSG show, uh, 425.88, and then another one in the Cow Palace, and another one in Los Angeles. I mean, they were having these time limit draws all over the place, and then, of course, on Nesson, but Brett's not losing, and Bad News Brown's not losing. So it's just interesting to how they kind of really kept some of the heels strong and how they kind of didn't really care necessarily for some of the other heels. For some reason, with Bad News, they were very cognizant of keeping him very, very strong as a heel. To me, WrestleMania four comes along, and, and that's where I'll kind of go back to the Bret Hart time limit draws here. But so WrestleMania four comes along and he wins that big battle Royal bad news. Brown wins. He tricks Bret Hart in the end. Then Bret Hart ends up destroying the trophy, which then leads into all these house show matches and these time limit draws, keeping both men pretty strong, you know, really uh, for a while, they had a pretty nice little house show feud for about a couple months. 
and nobody was kind of getting the upper hand. It was always a time limit draw. There was no really definitive winner, but when Bad News Brown would fight Nightheart, he was beating Nightheart on a bunch of house shows, and all of a sudden, WrestleFest 88 comes, and that's a big show. It was huge. Headlined by Savage versus DiBiase for the WWF title and Hogan versus Andre the Giant in the cage. Bad News Brown on TV on this big show from the Milwaukee County Stadium in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Bad News Brown gets the win. So, again, it's one of those things where they're keeping Bad News Brown very, very strong. Just to I mentioned, since I mentioned WrestleMania 4, I want to mention WrestleMania 5. So, he fights Duggan, and they have a double DQ. So, WrestleMania 6, he fights Piper, and they have a double count now. So, again, he's not losing at any of the WrestleManias. They're keeping him very strong. It's just, to me, it's so interesting. I don't know. It's so cool, but uh, so interesting, and um, I love it. But that leads us to... After WrestleFest 88 leads us to Hogan joining the picture here and joining the fray. They have a dark match report of the Superstars taping 103 at the Civic Center in Wheeling, West Virginia. 8-3-1988, Hogan defeats Bad News Brown in about 7 minutes and 20 seconds. So, okay, that's the first real WWF match they're having. Hulk gets the win. It's a dark match. So, you know, on TV, keeping Bad News very, very strong. And we're going to have basically a bunch of other house shows after that. So you're going to have Hogan versus Bad News Brown at Maple Leaf Gardens, and Hogan gets the win there on 828-1988. And then here's a really good one. 9-11-1988, Hulk Hogan defeats Bad News Brown. It's on the MSG Network, but it's from the Meadowlands Arena in East Rutherford, New Jersey. What people will probably remember most about this is the war bonnet. Yes, the war bonnet. Hulk Hogan was, for some reason, trying to get this helmet over, this Hulkamania helmet, which was called a war bonnet. And superstar Billy Graham, who was on commentary, was really, really trying to get it over as well. If you remember, too, Hogan did have a license plate around his chest as well, which was kind of funny and, and weird, too. So he takes off the, the, the license plate, takes off the helmet. Then towards the end of the match, Bad News Brown gets the helmet, of course, when the ref is distracted after Bad News Brown uh, cause distraction, hit the ref by quote unquote accident, but you know, not really, uh, you know how bad news is being a typical heel. So he uses the war bonnet on the Hulkster Hulkster kind of turns the tide Hulk ends up using it as a helmet and headbutts bad news. Brown then hits him with the leg drop. So technically speaking here, Hogan's going to get the win in nine minutes, 21 seconds. But to me, is that a clean win? Is that a strong win? He headbutted a guy with a helmet on with the war bonnet on and then pinned him. So, Yes, Hogan gets the win, but he definitely did cheat. And it definitely did kind of ring true of like, wow, like um, Hogan kind of cheated a little bit here to beat Bad News. So the next match they have at the Civic Center in St. Paul, Minnesota, 10-21-1988. Hogan defeats Bad News there. And the next time we'll see them together, Royal Rumble 1989 from the Summit in Houston, Texas, 115.89 to be exact. As you know, Big John Studd gets the shocking win in this one. Very good Rumble. I think there's so many memorable parts. The only thing that really kind of hurts the Rumble is, I don't mind Studd winning it, but really after Hogan is eliminated and Bossman is gone, there's like, I don't know, it's a real lull and it kind of really dies down. Feels like the first half of the match was so hot and so good. Starting it off with Axe and Smash. 
you know, you got the mega powers in there kind of teasing some tension. You got Bad News Brown feuding with Savage here as well. And him having a real kind of issue with the macho man and kind of um, that kind of boiling over there. Then the Twin Towers and Hogan and then the great elimination with Hogan and the Brain Busters. So, I mean, there's so many cool stuff going on. I love this Royal Rumble, but it just feels like once Hogan's gone, which is kind of typical of the time, perhaps. It just really slowed down. It became a little bit bogged down. It wasn't as good as the first half of the match, which was just unbelievable. So bad news there. You know, as Hogan kind of by accident eliminates bad news and, and Savage, you could say by accident, we don't know, causes some tension big time with Hogan and Savage. So Hogan is feuding with the Twin Towers. He's feuding with Savage, kind of. Not really. There's still the Mega Powers, but, you know, there's something being teased there for sure. And you got bad news Brown on the back burner as well. So it's very interesting what's going on there. So what happens? You have Saturday night's main event, number 20 Hershey park arena in Hershey PA Hulk Hogan defeats bad news Brown in about 10 minutes. Another good one here. I think a lot of people will remember this as the shovel match. Um, and I think that's a very interesting thing because bad news Brown ends up bringing out a shovel, trying to cheat and, and beat the Hulkster in that way. I just always thought it was cool. Like, okay, this guy is always kind of bringing out weapons or, you know, Hogan's got the war bonnet. There's never like a uh, clean, decisive finish with him and bad news. It's like, something's always going on to me. That was cool. Cause it gave you an element of like unpredictability. Like you never know what's going to happen. In this guy's matches. You never know what's going to happen with this guy. I just thought I was like, wow, this is really cool that bad news Brown is that like thought high of and high up on the card that he doesn't necessarily have to lose clean to Hulk. I just thought that was great. Very, very cool. And it was different because, you know, we're used to seeing Hulk just kind of have his way with everybody and just dominate everybody, but not necessarily true with bad news Brown, which is really cool. And of course, got to mention this as well. So bad news Brown going all the way back to, the end of 1988 is having his world title matches against Savage and Savage is beating him in the Maple Leafs gardens. He's beating him in uh, Nebraska. There's an MSG network show, 1230, 1988 Macho man defeats bad news there in about 10 minutes. Uh, so the, his only real losses on TV are to Hogan and Savage. As of this point, I mean, it's just absolutely nuts. And it's funny if you want to even go back to the East Rutherford show, the big thing they kept mentioning on that show was that Hogan ended Bad News Brown undefeated streak. So he, they were pumping up that he was undefeated in the streak. So he was really, really had a great, great push as he would continue to feud with late 88 with Savage and into 89. It was just unbelievable what he was able to kind of accomplish in that short span of time with Hogan and Savage, the two top guys in the company. So Savage beats uh, Bad News on 114.89. And a house show in Philly, which was, by the way, on the Prism Network that I mentioned, Royal Rumble 89, of course. They have a Harlem street fight. Savage defeats Bad News Brown in Hamilton, Ontario. Savage will beat him in Salt Lake City. It's just a, a lot of good title matches going on. There'll be a DQ finish with Savage winning in Indianapolis. Savage will defeat him in Cleveland. Savage will beat him in Toledo, Ohio. Very cool stuff here just for the fact that, wow, as we're kind of you know talking about Hogan, beating him at, at um, Saturday night's main event number 20 in the quote-unquote shovel match. It's interesting that Savage is still feuding with him at the same time, and they're still having these matches, and they're having these great street fights. And that, you know, speaking of shovel matches, the shovel will make its way into the Savage feud as well as they're, they're having these street fights. And then sometimes 
especially when they're in Canada, they call them the Harlem street fights. So it's very cool and very different. I absolutely love it. Definitely different for the time. You're not used to so much of this hardcore stuff. Well, Savage brought the best out of bad news and maybe bad news brought the best out of Savage at that point too. And he damn sure brought some greatness out of, out of Hulkster. I love these kind of intermediate feuds for the Hulkster. They don't necessarily have to be on a pay-per-view, but you do have to have good house show draws. You do have to have good TV ratings for Saturday night's main event. So you do need strong opponents for the Hulkster. And I absolutely love that bad news Brown was kind of chosen to be one of these great opponents for the Hulkster on Saturday night's main event. We mentioned Funk before in the past, which was a great mini feud. The mini feud with Hogan and Bad News Brown definitely ranks up there as one of my favorites as well. So just kind of capping off one, excuse me, 10-20-1989, Hogan defeats Bad News in Long Island. Then Hogan will defeat him on 10-22 in Orlando, Florida. Hogan will then defeat Bad News on 11-11 in Augusta, Georgia. Then 11-12, Hogan will defeat him in Norfolk, Virginia. 11-13, Hogan will defeat him in Roanoke, Virginia. And then the last time that these two will be in the same match together was Royal Rumble 1990. But as for bad news, as he would kind of continue on his run from 88, and then he basically would finish out in 1990, seemed like he had a damn good, damn strong run. Not many losses on TV, like I mentioned. Really kept strong throughout his run. I love that. Totally different. Kind of had that Stone Cold Steve Austin vibe to it. There's no doubt about it to me. And his real last big match, his big pay-per-view match, was with special guest referee Big Boss Man. Jake Roberts defeated Bad News Brown by DQ in about 4 minutes, 44 seconds at the Heat Returns WWF SummerSlam 1990 from the Philly Spectrum and Philly PA. So even on his way out, his last match on this big pay-per-view, he still does not lose clean i don't know why but it just seemed like man they were out to keep him strong no matter what and that's probably why i remember him so fondly and why i liked his hogan feud so much is because it's like wow they kept this guy so strong but there was never like any reason justification for it yeah he got some title shots and some title matches but it wasn't like he was winning the title or he was going to be this big pay-per-view feud so it's just really kind of cool to see an upper mid carter get so much respect by the bookers it was just uh, absolutely crazy and i i absolutely loved it but as far as bad news to me uh underrated legend for sure um undervalued for sure i just feel like he could have done probably more in the wwf when he was there but man you gotta love the ghetto blaster you gotta love that right hand those punches his promos were great the way he just got everyone against him even the heels hated him the crowd hated him the announcers hated him he was the picture-perfect heel. Uh, he was the loner who always ditched his Survivor Series team. And, hey, maybe if he came along 10 years later like Steve Austin did, maybe he would have been a babyface. You know, who knows? Maybe, maybe not, but it just seems like he was pretty damn cool. He was like that cool heel that you you could say love to hate, but uh, I don't know. I love to love him. I was a big Bad News Brown fan. I always kind of enjoyed him. I always thought he was great. I always thought that, wow, like, for some reason, this guy, he's just, I know, like above it all. Like he's not going to lose many matches. And he didn't unless it was to some big names. I mentioned Jake and Duggan by DQ and stuff like that and Junkyard Dog. But he's really only getting these pinfall losses on TV to Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage, the two top guys and, you know, the two top champions. So kudos to Banu's Brown on a great two-year WWF run. 
just an absolute uh, legendary run. And I loved it. And I loved his kind of mini feud with the Hulkster. So let's wrap it up and head towards the plugs. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at two man power trip. Check out the website, tmptempire.com. And of course, Patreon, patreon.com slash tmptempire. Like to thank everybody out there for listening. We'll see you right back here next week for the Hogan era podcast. See you next week, folks. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash tmptempire to become a patron. And also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two Man Power Trip, where the power lies brother. No, Bad News Brown is intimidated by the holster, brother. A little while ago, we had the spectacle of Bad News Brown standing in the ring saying that Hulk wouldn't dare come and challenge him. But look at this. Who in the the reverse has happened. Who's challenging who? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Hey, that's the war bonnet. Bad news, the war bonnet, brother. Right there, man. Bad news brown asking me what, the, what it is the guy's got his head. It's the war bonnet. The Hulkster's war bonnet, brother. I love it. Well, the appearance of the war bonnet has shaken. I got it, brother. I got it, baby. Bad news I'll take brown. I'll keep watch on it, baby. As we got the paraphernalia right here, brother. Hulk Hogan takes charge, gives the war bonnet and the license plate to superstar Billy Graham for safekeeping. And he will keep a close watch here at the announcer's table. Well, Bad News Brown didn't waste any time going after Hulk Hogan. He sneaked over the referee's back, got in some cheap shots, and now Hulk Hogan is a whole is in a whole heap of trouble. That's exactly right, Alfred. And Bad News Brown delivering some punishment on Hulk Hogan. I tell you, Sean, that boot to the chest. And uh, Lord Alfred Hayes, I tell you right now, brother, this could be the acid test from the Hulkster. This could be the acid test because Bad News Brown is undefeated in the world. Bad News Brown takes the T-shirt, the ripped T-shirt of the Hulkster, and wraps it around oh. the neck of Hulk Hogan, choking away. I guarantee you one thing, there'll be payback on that move right there, Lord Alfred Hayes and Sean Mooney. There's going to be some big-time payback when the Hulkster gets it together, brother. Well, the Hulk has got to get it together first before he can do any of that. Obviously, that's logical. And at the moment, it doesn't look as if the Hulk is going to be able to do that. The referee didn't manage to get the t-shirt away from Bad News Brown, but he is still going after Hulk Hogan. Big right to the jaw. Misses with the elbow. Hulk Hogan alertly moves out of the way. He's hulking up, brother. The Hulkster's hulking up. Firing back. Here Check it out, Big man. rights of Hulk Hogan. Check him out, brother. Off the ropes with a big... Right again, and out goes Bad News Brown. I say go out and get him, Hulkster. Go out on the floor and take care of business, man. Whoa. There he goes. Hulk going right out. There he goes. 
That's that is what I want to see. Aware of that. That's what I want to see right there, man. Right there behind you, brother. Oh, yeah. Right up to him. The whole thing delivered very, a blow to the jaw Bad News Brown. He only gave Bad News Brown one blow outside the ring when he could have delivered dozens. Yes, dozens. <laughs> he could have even slammed him out here, ran his head into the rail. It'll come, though. It'll come. Bad News Brown with a hold of the top rope. The Hulkster grabs her open, completely flips him over, back into the ring. First into the ropes. Oh, what a tackle. tackle by the Hulkster. Sends Bad News down. He'd be out of the way. Oh, what an elbow that was on the top of the head. Drops an elbow to the chest and an Two of them. My word. Here comes the third. Oh, no. Oh. Changes his mind and uses the boot to the top of the head. Of bad news. Hogan has such awareness in the ring, such presence. His charisma is so infectious. <laughs> infectious, Lord. I like that. We all Head got by bad news. Staggers Hulk Hogan. And a right. Bad news, Brown trying to keep that unbeaten record intact now. And again, we see exactly how bad Bad News Brown is, Lord Alfred Hayes and Sean Money. The guy took all the shots from the holster, and he's firing back, man. He's firing back. Yes, he certainly looks on the way out just a minute or two ago. Let's talk hard into the corner. But Hulk Hogan gets that boot up quickly. Right into the jaw, Bad News Brown. Down for an atomic drop. The holster misses with an elbow. The whole thing like he, he might have hurt his back on that one. Yes, he, he came down very, very awkwardly. He might have cracked some ribs, Lord and Sean. He might have cracked some ribs. That's come, what I think happened. Yes, he didn't come down flush on his back. He came down at an angle. And Bad News Brown, I think, can cons consider himself right now very, very fortunate. I think Hogan is hurt. Bad News taking advantage of the situation. And using that right fist. The black gloved fist. Big rights in the midsection. Brown now taking his time, picking his shots, hitting him where he wants to. The crowd trying to pop off Hulk Hogan here. But a headbutt drops him to his knees. And another right. And Brown enjoying his brief moment of glory. He might just as well do that because I have the feeling that if Hogan ever gets up off the canvas, it's Bad going news to be... choking now, Alfred, and referee cautioning him. Yes, it's going to be a sad day for Brown if Hogan does, but I think the Hulkster will recover. I, I'm praying that the man will recover. He's taking a tremendous, a tremendous beating, Lord, as you just pointed out. But I, I pray the man's got to recover from this somehow. What? Some way he's got to come back. He's got, he's got to bounce back and recover. Bad News yeah. Brown showing he's a tough customer. Yes, and looking particularly good right now. Brown looking better and better and better. But also, this is another reason why the Hulkster was a World Wrestling Federation champion for so many years, because he can take punishment. He's got the Hulkster up for a body slam. Bad News Brown. Oh, I'm what a slam. He drops him down oh. hard. Off the ropes. Coming for the coup de grace. Leg drop across the Goodness. chest. Drop. Goes for the cover. Only, only one. one. Only one. Only one. Oh. I barely got a one. That will give you what so many 
Foundation That's of right. the strength and power of Oh! He gave him everything he had and threw him off the count of one. He went in the air, brother. That is Brown trying to... What does that, that do? That grapevine drops him down. What does that do to... What does that do to Bad News Brown's guy? That is Brown posing for the camera man. here. The Hulkster. That's no way to pin Hulk Hogan, brother. You got to get those legs, man, and wrap them up tight, man. That's no way to go for a pin on the Hulkster. The man is too big, he's too strong, he's too powerful. And that's a very cavalier attitude Brown is taking now. Too, and he shouldn't do that because he's cavalier. wasting opportunity. Exactly, he's wasting opportunities everywhere. Bad news now with the Hulkster backed in the corner. Using that devastating right. Hulkster reverses it. Bad news. Out of the corner with a clothesline. Round very quick there. Very quick indeed. Hogan may have underestimated how slow he was. And he certainly paid for it. But look at Brown. He's really wasting time there. And that's not way to be surprised Hogan. at all by the showing here of Bad News Absolutely. Brown. I really am. He's surprising me. He's trying to pick his spots as well. Oh, oh the right there. Bad News oh. Brown setting him up for the ghetto blaster. Just it. And he saw it coming. Oh, quickly comes out of the way. Pandemonium freaking loose in the metal lands right now, brother. And the Hulkster is honking up, brother. Oh, he's Hulk Hulk on with a hard right. Did nothing to Hulk Hogan. And when, another. That's right. And when he hulks up, brother, you can't hurt him. You and you can see the, the look of surprise on Bad News's face. All it is doing is firing up Hulk Hogan. Pandemonium in the metal lands tonight, Lord. This is to the right and the oh. rope with a knee to the chest of Bad News Brown. I think the knee actually caught him in the jaw, Sean. The shin caught him in the chest, but I think he got a knee to the jaw there. So high was that knee raised. Hulk Hogan comes oh. back in a big way here. Oh. Crushing, crushing, crushing clothesline. Oh. And Bad News Brown only remaining on his feet because his arms are hooked over the top rope. When Hogan is good, he's very, very good. Oh! Oh! goes the referee! What a shot by the referee! Look at Hogan! He's got Brown by the beard! He, he's gonna avenge the referee being taken out of the pitcher, man. He wants to help the referee. That's Hulk Hogan. Well, that's exactly what he's doing right now. That's Hulk Hogan. Trying to he wants to avenge the referee. He wants to avenge it, brother, right there. That's, that's Hulk Hogan outside of the ring. Hey, he's checking the. Hey. Oh, hey, man, you can't take the war bonnet, Hulk Hogan. Got the war bonnets. Brown has got the war bonnet. Hey, coming up Come behind Hulk Hogan. Slams it into the into that side section. of Hulk Hogan. Where Hogan was hurt before, remember? Yes, that's right in the rib area, Lord Alfred Hayes. Where he took that really nasty fall and hurt his Well, that is Brown now putting on the war bonnet. And here we see Hulk Hogan, the gentleman of gentlemen. Trying to help the referee. Goes for a headbutt. And it backfired. Now it's on the rightful owner. But he uses it to headbutt Bad News Brown. Drops the leg across the chest. Hooks the leg. 